GCSE Biology Audio, Cells and Microscopes by kscience.com. Both animal cells and plant cells have a cell membrane which controls what enters and exits the cell. Both animal and plant cells have ribosomes which produce proteins. Protein synthesis is another way of saying, producing proteins. Both animal and plant cells have mitochondria which release energy during respiration. Both animal and plant cells have a cytoplasm which is a gel-like substance where cell reactions take place. Both animal and plant cells are eukaryotic cells, so they have a nucleus. The nucleus stores DNA and controls the activities of the cell. Plant cells have a cell wall, which strengthen and support the cell, as well as protecting the cell. Plant cells have a permanent vacuole which stores sap. Plant cells have chloroplasts, which are the site of photosynthesis. Bacteria don't have a nucleus. They have chromosomal DNA and plasmid DNA instead. Bacteria have a flagellum so they can move. Bacteria have ribosomes that produce proteins. Bacteria have a cell membrane that controls what goes in and out of the cell. They have a cell wall that protects and strengthens the cell. They don't have mitochondria, which releases energy. Sperm cells have a tail, flagellum, so they can move to the egg. Sperm cells have many mitochondria that release energy, so the sperm can move faster to the egg. Sperm cells have an acrosome that contains enzymes that break down part of the egg's membrane so the sperm can enter the egg. Light microscopes have a lower magnification and resolution than electron microscopes. Light microscopes use light, whereas electron microscopes fire electrons at samples. Electron microscopes have a higher magnification and resolution than light microscopes. You can only see larger subcellular structures when using a light microscope, whereas you can see the internal structures of organelles if you use an electron microscope. The samples for an electron microscope are dead, whereas you can use living samples on a light microscope. To use a microscope you firstly prepare the slide. You place the specimen on the slide. If it is a plant specimen, you use the stain iodine. This stain makes the cells visible. Without this stain you would not be able to see the specimen. You then place a coverslip over the specimen. The coverslip keeps the specimen flat and holds it in place. You start off with the lowest objective lens. You use the focusing wheel to focus the image. You change the objective lens to a higher magnification to increase the size of the image, and you then use the focusing wheel to focus the image. GCSE Biology Audio Cell Transport by kscience.com Living organisms require substance such as oxygen, glucose and ions. The move by the three transport processes, diffusion, active transport and osmosis. Diffusion is the movement of particles from a high to low concentration. If particles in a gas are in a high concentration, the gas particles will spread out from a high to low concentration. A partially permeable membrane is a membrane whereby some and not all particles can diffuse through the membrane. Osmosis is the movement of water, from a high to low concentration, through a partially permeable membrane. A partially permeable means that it can let some substances through and not allow other substances through. Active transport is the movement of particles from a low to high concentration through a protein carrier molecule, and it requires energy. It transports particles against the concentration gradient. If a viscous tube containing a solution is 10% salt solution, then it will be 90% water. The viscous tube is in the beaker containing 15% salt solution, so there will be 85% water. There is a higher water concentration in the viscous tube, so water will move into the solution in the beaker from the viscous tube by osmosis, from a high concentration of water to a low concentration of water. After some time, the viscous tube A will appear smaller. 
In the practical when investigating osmosis in potatoes, the independent variable is what we change, so it is the sugar concentration. The dependent variable is what we measure, and it was the percentage change in mass. Control variables are variable we keep the same, and an example is the volume of sugar solution. You firstly measure the initial mass of the potato cylinder, then place it in the sugar solution for a set time. You then remove the cylinder from the sugar solution and measure the final mass. To calculate the percentage change in mass you do sad face, final mass, initial mass, equals initial mass multiplied by 100. You repeat this process with the same volume of potato cylinder at other sugar concentrations. You plot a graph of percentage change in mass versus sugar concentration. The x-intercept is the sugar concentration inside the potato. To calculate the surface area of a cube you would calculate the surface area of one face and multiply that surface area by 6. To calculate the surface area of a cuboid you calculate the surface area of each face and then add them together. The unit for surface area can be m squared, cm squared, mm squared, um squared. To calculate the volume of a cube or cuboid you multiply length x width x height. The unit for volume can be m cubed, cm cubed, mm cubed, um cubed. To simplify the surface area to volume ratio you divide both the surface area and volume by the volume. In larger organisms like humans that have a smaller surface area to volume ratio oxygen can't diffuse from the atmosphere through the skin into our cells. So we have lungs that contain air sacs called alveoli, which have a large surface area, a one-cell thick wall, and a large blood supply. Unicellular organisms or worms can exchange gases through their skin or cell membrane, because they have a large surface area to volume ratio. A cell's surface area is large enough to supply the volume of the cell with enough substances. Some organisms have villi that line the small intestine. Villi increase the rate of diffusion of substances because they have a large surface area, a one-cell thick wall, and a large blood supply, and large surface area to volume ratio. The following content is for AQA students only. The villi are folds in the lining of organs like the small intestine. The villi increases the surface area of the small intestine. The folds only the villi are called microvilli. These smaller folds increase the surface area even more. By increasing the surface area of the lining of the small intestine will increase the rate of absorption of nutrients into the blood. The villi have a thin cell membrane. This is to increase the rate of absorption of nutrients into the blood. Capillaries provide a good blood supply in the villi so that nutrients can be carried away more quickly, so that more food can be absorbed. The gas exchange surface in fish are called gills. Oxygen diffuses from the water into the blood and carbon dioxide diffuses from the blood and into the water. Gill filaments are thin plates that make up the gills. Gill filaments have a large surface area to increase the rate of diffusion. The gill filaments are covered in lamellae, they have a large surface area, they have lots of blood capillaries, and a thin surface layer of cells. These adaptations increase the rate of diffusion of the gases oxygen and carbon dioxide. Blood flows through the lamellae in one direction and water flows over it in the opposite direction. The blood and water flow in opposite directions to one another. This maintains a large concentration gradient between the water and the blood. The carbon dioxide concentration is always higher in the blood than the water, and the oxygen concentration is always higher in the water than the blood. If oxygen is always in a higher concentration in the water, it will always diffuse from the water and into the blood. Whereas if the carbon dioxide concentration is always lower in the water, carbon dioxide will always diffuse from the blood and out into the water. GCSE Biology Audio, Cell Division and Growth by kscience.com
A person's genome is all their genetic material. A person's genome is found in every nucleus of every cell. The genome is contained within the DNA of the chromosomes in a person's nucleus. DNA is wrapped up tightly to form chromosomes. Genes are lengths of DNA that code for proteins. Our proteins make us look the way we do. If a gene is faulty, it is because there is a mutation in the DNA. A mutated gene will code for a protein that might not work properly. Faulty proteins can lead to diseases. In cell division, during the first stage of cell cycle, the cells grow bigger, the DNA replicates, and the numbers of ribosomes and mitochondria increase. Mitosis takes place during the second stage of cell cycle, whereby the chromosomes firstly line up in the middle of cell. The chromosomes are then pulled to each side of the cell, and two nuclei form around the chromosomes. In the final stage of cell cycle, the membrane divides to form two genetically identical cells. A growth chart or a percentile chart can be used to track and assess the growth of an organism over time. If a child is in the 20th percentile at birth for their mass, this means they weigh more than 20% of all babies at that age, but 80% of babies weight more than them. If a baby is in the 89th percentile, the baby weighs more than 89% of the babies at that age, and 11% of babies weigh more than them. Percentile or growth charts can be used to monitor if a child is growing normally. If they are in the 99th percentile for head circumference, but the third percentile for height, this means the baby's head circumference is larger than 99% of other babies, but their height is less than 97% of babies, indicating dwarfism. Adult stem cells are formed in the bone marrow. Adult stem cells are undifferentiated cells without a function. Adult stem cells only differentiate into major organ cells. Adult stem cells can be used medically to replace damaged cells, and therefore repair damaged tissue. Embryonic stem cells are found in embryos. Embryonic stem cells are undifferentiated cells without a function. Embryonic stem cells differentiate into any cell. Embryonic stem cells can be used medically to replace damaged all cells, and therefore repair damaged any tissue. At the tip of shoots and roots there are three zones, the zone of cell division, which is where you find stem cells, which we also call the meristem, which is where cell division takes place. The zone of elongation is where the cells get longer and grow. The zone of differentiation is where the cells become specialized, which means the cells now have a function. An example of a specialized cell in the root is the root hair cell. This information about binary fission is for AQA combined students only. Mitosis for edic cell will come after. Prokaryotes like bacteria have chromosomal, circular, DNA, plasmid DNA but no nucleus. Prokaryotes divide by binary fission and not by mitosis. During the first stage of bacterial cell division called binary fission, the bacteria's the chromosomal, circular, DNA and plasmid DNA replicate. The cells then grow and get bigger. The chromosomal, circular, DNA and plasmid DNA move to each pole of the cell. The cytoplasm then divides and a new cell walls forms. One strand of chromosomal, circular, DNA is in each daughter cell. Variable numbers of plasmid DNA are in each daughter cell. Bacteria divide by binary fission, not by mitosis. If a bacterial cell has a mean division time of 30 minutes, that means the number of bacterial cells will, on average, double every 30 minutes. So if there is one bacterial cell, after 30 minutes there will be two bacterial cells. To calculate the number of cell divisions you divide the total time by the mean division time of the bacterial cell. So if the total division time is 120 minutes and the mean division time of the bacteria is 30 minutes, 
then number of cell divisions equals 120 equals 30 equals 4 cell divisions. To calculate the number of cells after 4 cell divisions multiply 2 by itself 4 times. Another way of representing 2 by 2 x 2 times 2 is 24. This last bit of information will explain how mitosis happens for Edexcel students only. During interphase, the DNA replicates and proteins are synthesized. The first phase of mitosis is prophase. During prophase, the nuclear membrane disappears, the spindle fibers form, and the chromosomes get thicker, condense. During metaphase, which is the second phase of mitosis, the chromosomes line up down the middle of the cell, and the spindle fibers bind the chromosomes. During anaphase, the spindle fibers pull the chromosomes to the poles of the cell. During telophase, the last stage of mitosis, two nuclear membranes form around the chromosomes. During cytokinesis, the membrane splits and reforms to form two daughter cells. GCSE Biology Audio Enzymes by kscience.com In the lock and key theory the enzyme is the lock and the substrate is the key. Enzymes are biological catalysts, which mean they speed up the rate of reactions in our body. Enzymes can break down larger molecules in smaller molecules, or build larger molecules from smaller molecules. To break down a substrate into products, the substrate must bind the active site of the enzyme. The active site of the enzyme and the substrate are specific to one another, so only one substrate can bind one enzyme. When the enzyme and substrate bind, this is called the enzyme-substrate complex. The enzyme will then break the substrate down into products. The enzyme is not used up in the reaction, and it is used again. The substrate starch binds the specific active site of the enzyme amylase. Amylase breaks down starch into the product glucose. The substrate protein binds the specific active site of the enzyme protease. Protease breaks down protein into the product amino acids. The substrate lipids, fats, binds the specific active site of the enzyme lipase. Lipase breaks down lipids into the product fatty acids and glycerol. When the active site of an enzyme changes shape, it is called denaturing. When an enzyme denatures, the active site of the enzyme changes shape. When an enzyme denatures, the substrate can no longer bind the active site of the enzyme. If less substrate binds the active site of the enzyme, less products will be formed by the enzyme. An enzyme is a biological catalyst, which speeds up the rate of reaction. The optimum temperature is the temperature where the enzyme's rate of reaction is at its highest. If you increase the temperature above the optimum temperature, the enzyme's active site will denature. This means the enzyme's active site changes shape. The substrate can no longer bind the active site of the denatured enzyme, so the rate of reaction decreases. If you decrease the temperature below the optimum temperature, the enzyme's active site doesn't denature, but the kinetic energy stored in the enzyme and substrate decreases. This means they are moving more slowly, so there are fewer collisions between the enzyme and substrate, therefore there is less product being formed, as the rate of reaction decreases. To break down a substrate into products, the substrate must bind the active site of the enzyme. The active site of the enzyme and the substrate are specific to one another, so only one substrate can bind one enzyme. The enzyme will then break the substrate down into products. The optimum pH is the pH where the enzyme's rate of reaction is at its highest. If you increase the pH above or below the optimum pH, the enzyme's active site will denature. This means the enzyme's active site changes shape. The substrate can no longer bind the active site of the denatured enzyme, so the rate of reaction decreases. When increasing the substrate concentration, the rate of an enzyme-controlled reaction increases if there are free active sites of enzyme. 
more substrates will bind to more active sites, forming more enzyme substrate complexes. However, the rate of reaction will stop increasing and remain constant if all the enzyme's active sites are filled. No more substrates can bind to active sites as they are all full. To calculate the rate of an enzyme reaction where all you have is the time taken for the enzyme to completely turn the substrate into product, you use the formula 1000 divided by time or 1 divided by time depending on the size of numbers you are using. To calculate the rate of an enzyme that takes 50 seconds to completely break down substrate into product, you do the calculation 1 divided by 50 seconds which gives you 0.02 seconds. If you use 1000 divided by T, the rate you would calculate would be 20 seconds. In the amylase and starch experiment, the independent variable is what we change, which is the pH. The dependent variable is what we measure, which is the time taken for starch to be fully broken down. Control variables are variable we keep the same, and an example is the volume of pH buffer solution. You firstly add a set volume of amylase into a measuring cylinder and mix it with a set volume of pH buffer solution. You then add one drop of iodine to every well on a plate of wells. You then mix the amylase pH buffer solution to the starch and press start on your timer. You add a drop of the amylase pH buffer starch solution and iodine well every 20 seconds. If the iodine turns, blue starch is still present and hasn't been fully broken down. If iodine remains orange, the starch has been fully broken down. If the iodine always changes color to blue, the amylase will have denatured at that pH. The optimum pH is the pH where starch is broken down the in the fastest time. GCSE Biology Audio, Digestive System by kscience.com. The esophagus, stomach, liver, small intestine, large intestine, gallbladder form the digestive system. Other systems include the circulatory system and nervous system. Salivary glands produce saliva that contains the enzyme amylase, which breaks down starch to glucose. Food travels from the mouth to the stomach through the esophagus. The stomach produces the enzyme pepsin which is a protease and breaks down proteins to amino acids. The stomach contains hydrochloric acid, HCI, which kills pathogens. It also provides the pepsin enzyme with its optimum pH, which is pH 2. The muscles of the stomach wall churn food and break it down. The liver produces bile which is stored in the gallbladder. The small intestine produces the enzymes protease, amylase and lipase, which digest food. The small intestine also absorbs food. The large intestine reabsorbs water. The rectum stores feces, which leaves through the anus. The substrate starch binds the specific active site of the enzyme amylase. Amylase breaks down starch into the product glucose. The substrate protein binds the specific active site of the enzyme protease protease breaks down protein into the product amino acids. The substrate lipids, fats, binds the specific active site of the enzyme lipase. Lipase breaks down lipids into the product fatty acids and glycerol. A group of similar cells that work together to carry out a function is called a tissue. Many tissues working together form an organ.
The stomach has epithelial cells that make epithelial tissue, which line the inside and outside of the stomach. Muscle cells that make muscle tissue relax and contract to churn food. The glandular cells that make glandular tissue produce enzymes and digestive juices that are released into the stomach. The enzyme pepsin which is a protease is found in the stomach. Pepsin breaks down proteins to amino acids. The acid in the stomach is hydrochloric acid, which kills bacteria. The liver produces bile, which is stored in the gallbladder. Bile is alkaline, not acidic. It is alkaline so that when it enters the small intestine it can neutralize the hydrochloric acid from the stomach. The bile neutralizes acid to maintain an optimum pH for the enzymes in the small intestine. Bile acts to emulsify fat, lipid droplets to smaller fat droplets. By emulsifying fat, lipid droplets, their surface area is increased which increases the rate lipase can break down lipids into fatty acids and glycerol. The villi are folds in the lining of organs like the small intestine. The villi increases the surface area of the small intestine. The folds only the villi are called microvilli. These smaller folds increase the surface area even more. By increasing the surface area of the lining of the small intestine will increase the rate of absorption of nutrients into the blood. The villi have a thin cell membrane. This is to increase the rate of absorption of nutrients into the blood. Capillaries provide a good blood supply in the villi so that nutrients can be carried away more quickly, so that more food can be absorbed. GCSE Biology Audio, Circulatory System by kscience.com Humans have a double circulatory system. The blood flows from the heart to the lungs, back to the heart, and then to the rest of the body before returning to the heart. Blood enters the heart from the lungs via a blood vessel called the pulmonary vein, which transports oxygenated blood from the lungs to the left atrium of the heart. The muscles of the left atrium contract, and through an open valve, the blood flows into the next chamber called the left ventricle. The valve back to the left atrium closes, to prevent the backflow of blood. The walls of the left ventricle contract pumping blood into a blood vessel called the aorta, which carries blood around the body. Deoxygenated blood returns to the heart via vessels called the vena cava. They supply the chamber called the right atrium with blood. The muscle wall of the right atrium contracts pumping blood into the next chamber called the right ventricle. The blood is then pumped to the lungs through a blood vessel called the pulmonary artery. The left ventricle is thicker than the muscle wall of the right ventricle. This is because the left ventricle pumps blood further around the body than the right ventricle, which pumps blood a shorter distance to the lungs. The left ventricle is thicker because it needs to pump blood with a greater force and pressure. The right ventricle muscle wall is thinner than the left ventricle because it pumps blood a shorter distance to the lungs. Blood is therefore required to be pumped with a lower force and lower blood pressure. The septum separates the left and right side of the heart. 
A hole in the septum causes oxygenated and deoxygenated blood to mix. This lowers the concentration of oxygen in the blood, so less oxygen is supplied to respiring cells. A hole in the septum causes blood pressure to decrease, as blood from the left ventricle is is pumped into the right ventricle, so blood is pumped at a lower pressure from the left ventricle into the aorta. The stroke volume is the volume of blood pumped out of the left ventricle every beat. The heart rate is the number of times the heart pumps blood out of the left ventricle every minute. It is the number of times the heart beats every minute. The cardiac output is the total volume of blood pumped out of left ventricle every minute. To calculate the cardiac output, you multiply the stroke volume by heart rate. Capillaries have a one-cell thick wall to increase the rate of diffusion of substances in and out of the capillary. Capillaries are one-cell wide so substances travel less far to cross the wall of the capillary. They also have a large surface area to increase the rate of diffusion of substances into and out of the capillary. Arteries transport blood away from the heart and veins transport blood to the heart. Arteries transport blood at high pressure so they have a thicker muscle wall and elastic layer than veins. Veins transport blood at low pressure so they have valves to prevent the backflow of blood. Arteries have a narrow lumen, which increases the pressure of blood in the artery. Veins have a wide lumen and blood is transported at lower pressure back to the heart. An alveolus has a one-cell thick wall. Capillaries also have a one-cell thick wall. Both the alveoli and capillaries have a one-cell thick wall to increase the rate of diffusion of oxygen from the alveolus and into the capillaries, and carbon dioxide out of the capillaries and into the alveolus. Alveoli and capillaries both have a large surface area, this is to increase the rate of diffusion of gases. Capillaries are one red blood cell wide, which decreases the distance gases must travel to diffuse to the red blood cells. The alveoli have a good blood supply in the form of capillaries, this is to maintain the concentration gradient, so gases can diffuse in and out of the alveolus. The lining of the alveolus is moist so gases can dissolve, therefore increasing the rate of diffusion of gases. Another word for red blood cells is erythrocyte. Red blood cells have a biconcave shape to increase their surface area. By increasing the surface area, the rate of diffusion of oxygen in and out of the cell will increase. A red blood cell has no nucleus, this is to increase the space available for hemoglobin. Hemoglobin is the molecule that oxygen binds to, so the more hemoglobin there is in the cell, the more oxygen the red blood cell can bind and carry. Blood plasma is a yellow liquid where substances like glucose, hormones, carbon dioxide, and urea are dissolved. Blood platelets cause blood to clot. Another word for red blood cells is erythrocytes. Red blood cells have a biconcave shape to increase their surface area. By increasing the surface area, the rate of diffusion of oxygen in and out of the cell will increase. Phagocytes are an example of a white blood cell that engulfs pathogens. Air is inhaled through our mouth and nose. The air then travels down our trachea and then enters two bronchi. The singular for bronchi is bronchus. Air is then transported from our bronchi to our bronchioles, which deliver air to air sacs called alveoli. The singular for alveoli is alveolus. Gas exchange occurs in the alveoli. 
Our lungs are protected by bones called ribs. Between the ribs are muscles called intercostal muscles. The diaphragm contracts and relaxes controlling whether we inhale, breath in, or exhale, breath out. GCSE Biology Audio, Photosynthesis by KScience.com Photosynthesis is the process whereby plants use light energy from the sun to produce the sugar glucose, which it uses for respiration. The gas carbon dioxide diffuses into the leaf from the atmosphere. Water absorbed through the roots is transported to the organelle called a chloroplast, which you find in the cells of the leaf. Energy from the light that hits the chlorophyll in the chloroplasts causes the water and carbon dioxide to react. The products of this reaction are oxygen and glucose. Glucose remains in the plant, whereas oxygen is released out of the plant back into the atmosphere. During photosynthesis carbon dioxide reacts with water to form oxygen and glucose in the presence of light. Glucose is used for respiration in the mitochondria, which releases energy. The energy is used to make bonds between glucose molecule to form cellulose, which is used to strengthen and support cell walls in plants. In plants glucose combines with nitrate ions to make amino acids, which then form proteins. Plants convert glucose into lipids, fats, which is stored in seeds. Plants also store energy by converting glucose into starch. The leaf has many chloroplasts in the palisade cells. This is to increase the rate of photosynthesis. The leaf has a transparent waxy cuticle, which is transparent to allow light through to the palisade cells. On the underside of the leaf are the stomata, which are pores in the leaf. The stomata are controlled by guard cells. When the stomata are open, the gas carbon dioxide can diffuse into the leaf. The carbon dioxide diffuses from the stomata through the air space in the spongy mesophyll layer. The spongy mesophyll tissue has an air space to increase the rate of diffusion of gases through the leaf. The xylem supplies water for photosynthesis. After photosynthesis has taken place, the gas oxygen diffuses out of the leaf through the stomata. Glucose is transported away from the leaf through the phloem. When guard cells are flaccid, the stomata is closed. For the stomata to open, water moves into the guard cells by osmosis, whereby water moves from a high to low concentration through a partially permeable membrane. Now filled with water, the guard cells are turgid, which leads to the stomata remaining open. Gases can now diffuse in and out of the open stomata from a high to low concentration. For the stomata to close, water leaves the guard cells by osmosis. The guard cells are now flaccid, which closes the stomata. Roots are lined with specialized cells called root hair cells, which increase the surface area of the root. By increasing the surface area, you increase the rate of diffusion, osmosis, and active transport of substances into the plant. The root hair cells absorb water by osmosis, which is the movement of water from a high to low concentration through a partially permeable membrane. The root hair cells absorb mineral ions by active transport, which is the movement of particles from a low to high concentration through protein carrier molecules, which requires energy. Transpiration is the movement of water from the roots to the leaves in one direction via a tube called the xylem. The xylem is made of dead cells, not living cells. 
These dead xylem cells have lignin in them that strengthens the xylem cells to withstand the water pressure. Because the xylem cells are dead, they have no cytoplasm, so are hollow. Xylem cells have no end cell walls. These adaptations mean that the process of transpiration happens more quickly through the xylem, so the rate of transpiration through the xylem increases. Translocation is the movement of the sugar sucrose through the plant. Sucrose is formed from two glucose molecules bonded together. Translocation takes place in two directions, which we call bidirectional. Translocation takes place in the phloem, not the xylem. The phloem is made of two types of cell, sieve tube elements and companion cells. Sieve tube elements have end cell walls with pores in them, this is to allow sucrose to move through the phloem tissue. Sieve cells have little cytoplasm, which increases the rate of translocation. The phloem's companion cells that have many mitochondria to release energy for the active transport of sucrose. The sucrose is pumped via protein carrier molecules in the companion cells. The phloem is living tissue. The following content is for higher students only. A limiting factor is anything in short supply preventing photosynthesis occurring at its maximum rate. If photosynthesis occurs happens at a slower rate, then less sugar will be produced and the amount of energy available for cell growth will decrease. There are three factors that can limit the rate of photosynthesis. Carbon dioxide concentration. Light intensity. Temperature. The rate of photosynthesis increases as light intensity increases. The graph levels out at the point when another limiting factor stops any further increase in the rate of photosynthesis. The rate of photosynthesis increases as carbon dioxide concentration increases. The graph levels out at the point when another limiting factor stops any further increase in the rate of photosynthesis. The rate of photosynthesis increases as temperature increases until the optimum temperature is reached. The rate of photosynthesis then decreases as the temperature increases beyond the optimum temperature. This is due to the enzymes becoming denatured. GCSE Biology Audio, Communicable Diseases by kscience.com Any microorganism or virus that causes a disease is called a pathogen. Examples of pathogens are some bacteria, all viruses, some fungi, and some protists. Pathogenic bacteria cause disease by producing toxins, which can damage or kill human cells. Viruses cause disease by injecting viral genetic material into host cells where new viruses can form. Cells full of virus will then burst, which we call cell lysis, and these viruses go on to infect other cells. Fungi can spread spores, which can grow to form multicellular hyphae, which can penetrate cracked skin on feet causing the disease athlete's foot. An example of a disease caused by a protist is malaria, which occurs when a mosquito transmits the protist into your blood while they feed. Protists will then cause red blood cells to burst, which makes you ill. A vector of a disease is anything that transfers the pathogen from one organism to another. Water is a vector because if you drink it you transfer the pathogen from the water into your body. Droplets in the air is a vector, because if a person with a viral infection sneezes or coughs, the droplets can be breathed in, and you can become infected. Food is a vector, because if you eat food with pathogens on, in it, you can ingest the pathogens and become ill. Vaccinations are given to people to initiate an immune response to a pathogen. Vaccinations can protect large populations of people if the whole population are vaccinated. 
Herd immunity is when an entire population has immunity to a pathogen. If a population has herd immunity, the pathogen is therefore less likely to spread. You can control the spread of disease by controlling the vectors. To prevent the spread of malaria, you can destroy mosquito breeding grounds. To prevent the spread of cholera, you can sterilize drinking water. If someone is infected with the disease, they should isolate away from other people to prevent the spread of the pathogen from one person to another. Good hygiene is vital. Wash your hands, and if you sneeze, catch it, bin it, kill it. A condom prevents sperm entering the vagina. Condoms prevent both STIs and pregnancy. They are 98% effective. A diaphragm is placed over the cervix and prevents sperm entering the uterus from the vagina. They do not prevent STI transmission, but they can prevent pregnancy. They are 92% effective. Condoms and the diaphragms are both barrier methods of contraception. The pill is a hormonal method of contraception and is 99% effective. This audio will first go through the diseases needed for AQA. If you are Edexcel, please skip to the part which introduces the communicable diseases you need to know for Edexcel. A virus is a pathogen because it causes disease. Viruses cause communicable diseases because they can be transferred from one person to another. HIV, measles, and TMV are examples of viral diseases. HIV is transferred through an exchange of fluids through sex or sharing needles. The virus affects immune system cells, and when the immune system fails, the person now has AIDS. They will then get a very common disease, like the flu, which will cause the person's death. Measles is a viral disease that causes a high temperature called a fever and red skin rashes. A doctor will not prescribe antibiotics to treat viral diseases because antibiotics only kill bacteria and not viruses. TMV is a viral disease that infects plants, and the vector is the soil or leaves. Salmonella and gonorrhea are diseases caused by the pathogen bacteria. These two diseases are communicable diseases because they are transmitted from one person to another. Gonorrhea is transmitted from one person to another via sex or direct sexual contact. The main symptoms of gonorrhea are pain when urinating or a yellow discharge from the penis or vagina. Salmonella's main vector is food. The symptoms of a salmonella infection are vomiting, diarrhea and fever. The bacteria produce toxins that damage human cells and tissue. To prevent gonorrhea transmission the man wears a condom. To prevent salmonella transmission you cook food thoroughly and vaccinate poultry against the salmonella bacteria. To treat both diseases, you will take antibiotics. A pathogen is a microorganism or virus that causes disease. Rose black spot is a disease that affects the rose plant. The pathogen that causes rose black spot is a fungus. The fungus pathogen is transmitted via wind or water and transmits the disease with direct contact. The symptoms are that the rose leaf has black spots on them. The leaves then turn yellow and fall off. Without leaves, the plant can't undergo photosynthesis and die. Malaria is caused by a pathogen called plasmodium which is a protist. The vector for the transmission of malaria are insects called mosquitoes. They feed on the blood of someone with malaria and transmit the protist to another person by feeding on them. To prevent malaria transmission you can use nets or destroy mosquito breeding grounds. To treat the symptoms such as fever, you can use anti-malarial drugs. Communicable diseases you need to know for Edexcel will now start. A virus is a pathogen because it causes disease. Viruses cause communicable diseases because they can be transferred from one person to another. Ebola is a disease caused by a pathogen called a virus. The virus can enter the body through cuts in the skin, in the air through the mouth or nose, or via sex. 
The Ebola virus causes internal bleeding in organs and a hemorrhagic fever. HIV is transferred through an exchange of fluids through sex or sharing needles. The virus affects immune system cells, and when the immune system fails, the person now has AIDS. They will then get a very common disease, like the flu, which will cause the person's death. A doctor will not prescribe antibiotics to treat viral diseases because antibiotics only kill bacteria and not viruses. Cholera is a disease caused by the pathogens called bacteria. The main vector of bacteria that caused cholera is water. When you drink the water you ingest the bacteria. Symptoms of cholera are diarrhea and a high fever. To treat cholera you are given antibiotics as they kill bacteria and a salt and sugar solution. Tuberculosis is a disease caused by the pathogens called bacteria. The vector for tuberculosis is the mucus that a host will sneeze or cough. When this mucus is inhaled into the lungs, they become a host. The symptoms for tuberculosis is a high fever and blood-speckled mucus. To treat tuberculosis you are given antibiotics as they kill bacteria. A pathogen is a microorganism or virus that causes disease. The pathogen that causes cholera debac is a fungus. The symptoms are lesions, the leaves then turn black and fall off. Without leaves, the plant can't undergo photosynthesis and die. Malaria is caused by a pathogen called plasmodium which is a protist. The vector for the transmission of malaria are insects called mosquitoes. They feed on the blood of someone with malaria and transmit the protist to another person by feeding on them. To prevent malaria transmission you can use nets or destroy mosquito breeding grounds. To treat the symptoms such as fever, you can use anti-malarial drugs. GCSE Biology Audio Non-Communable Diseases by KScience.com Non-communicable diseases are diseases such as heart disease, cancer, chronic respiratory disease, and diabetes. Non-communicable are diseases caused by lifestyle choices and or genetic diseases passed down from your parents. They do not spread by pathogens from person to person. Only communicable diseases spread by pathogens. Deficiency diseases are non-communicable diseases because they are not spread between people. A protein deficiency causes the disease kwashiorkor. The symptoms are a bloated abdomen and reduced growth. To prevent the onset of kwashiorkor, you should eat foods containing protein. A vitamin C deficiency causes the disease scurvy. The symptoms of the disease are bleeding gums. To prevent the onset of scurvy, you should eat citrus fruits, which contain vitamin C. A vitamin D deficiency causes the disease rickets, osteomalacia. The symptoms of the disease are soft bones and curved legs. To prevent rickets, you should eat calcium, which contains vitamin D. An iron deficiency causes the disease anemia. The symptoms of the disease are tiredness and smaller and fewer red blood cells. To prevent anemia, you should eat red meat, which contains iron. Carcinogens are chemicals in cigarettes that can cause cancer. If a black liquid called tar builds up in your lungs, you will be more prone to lung disease. If a female smokes, the chemicals can cross the placenta to the baby and can cause birth defects and premature births. Alcohol can cause liver damage caused by scarring of liver tissue, which we call cirrhosis. This means you can't produce enough bile and you can struggle to break down toxins. Alcohol impairs brain function, slowing reaction times and can lead to mental health problems. Alcohol can cross the placenta to the baby and cause birth defects and premature births, as well as miscarriage. The coronary artery supplies heart muscle cells with blood that carries oxygen and glucose for respiration so the heart muscle cells can contract. Substance from tobacco damages the lining of the coronary artery. 
If you eat too many fatty foods, or foods high in cholesterol, a fatty plaque can build up on the lining of the artery wall. This fatty plaque narrows the artery so there is less space for blood to flow, which increases the blood pressure. A blood clot can form if the fatty plaque blocks the artery. This reduces blood flow to heart muscle cells, increases blood pressure, and can increase the chance of heart attack or stroke. A stent can be inserted into the coronary artery. The stent is widened, which then flattens the plaque and widens the artery. This increases blood flow to the heart muscle cells and reduces the chance of a heart attack or stroke. Increased bad cholesterol called LDL in the blood can cause fatty deposits to form in the coronary artery. Increased fatty deposits in the coronary artery can lead to coronary heart disease or strokes. Statins are a drug that must be taken every day and they lower LDLs in the blood but can increase the good cholesterol called HDLs. Taking statins will lead to less LDLs and therefore less fatty deposits in the blood and therefore less chance of coronary heart disease. The effects of statins are not instant. They can cause headaches and liver or kidney failure. If someone loses blood it will be replaced with artificial blood which contains a saline solution. It is possible to survive with 33% of your red blood cells, but you need a blood transfusion as soon as possible. If you have heat failure, an option could be an artificial heart made of plastic and metal. An artificial heart won't be rejected by your immune system, whereas a real heart can be. However you require drugs to thin the blood, and the mechanical heart can experience blood clots, and the motor can fail. If valves in a heart stiffen they won't open and close properly. The valves can be biological valves from cows or pigs, or they can be man-made. They can clot. Tumors are formed by uncontrolled growth and division by mitosis. Carcinogens cause cancer. Examples of carcinogens are UV light from the sun, and chemicals in cigarettes that are smoked. Benign tumors are non-cancerous and they do not spread to other organs. Malignant tumors are cancerous, as they spread to other tissue and organs, and can form secondary tumors. BMI stands for body mass index. It is an indication of your overall health. To calculate your BMI, you measure your height in meters and measure your mass in kilograms. You then use the equation mass divided by height 2. If you are between 20 and 25 you have a normal BMI, between 25 and 30 and you are classified as overweight, and above 30 you are obese. It is not that accurate for bodybuilders and people with a lot of muscle as you can be classed as obese when you are in fact just very muscular. There are two types of diabetes, type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is caused by the pancreas not being able to produce enough insulin. This causes there to be high blood glucose levels and has to be controlled by injecting insulin. Type 1 diabetes can be controlled by injecting insulin, controlling the diet, eating foods low in sugar, and doing physical activity, exercise. Type 2 diabetes is when their cells no longer respond to insulin produced by the pancreas. It can be controlled by eating less sugar and fat, and exercising. GCSE Biology Audio, Respiration by CaseScience.com Aerobic respiration occurs in cells and it is the release of energy from the organelle called mitochondria. It is the complete combustion of glucose in the presence of oxygen. The products of aerobic respiration are carbon dioxide and water. Aerobic respiration is an exothermic reaction because there is a release of energy. Anaerobic respiration takes place in the organelle cell the mitochondria. It is the incomplete combustion of glucose in the absence of oxygen. There is a release of energy, so we call it an exothermic reaction. 
Anaerobic respiration releases less energy per glucose burned than aerobic respiration, which is the complete combustion of glucose in the presence of oxygen. The product of anaerobic respiration is lactic acid. The equation for aerobic respiration is oxygen plus glucose carbon dioxide plus water. The equation for anaerobic respiration is glucose lactic acid. As you exercise you increase energy demand for aspiring cells. So your breathing rate and heart rate both increase. This is to increase oxygen and glucose supply to respiring cells. When insufficient oxygen is supplied to respiring cells, the mitochondria start respiring anaerobically, and lactic acid is produced which causes fatigue in muscles, and muscles don't contract as effectively. Respiration takes place in the mitochondria of cells. Aerobic respiration is when oxygen reacts with glucose and the products are water and carbon dioxide, and energy is released. When someone exercises their energy demand increases, so their breathing rate and heart rate increases, this is to increase oxygen and glucose supply to respiring cells. When someone's breathing rate reaches their maximum rate, there is insufficient oxygen being supplied to cells. When this happens, anaerobic respiration also takes place, which is the incomplete combustion of glucose into lactic acid and the release of energy. When exercise stops there is an oxygen debt, so breathing rate remains higher because oxygen is needed to break down lactic acid into carbon dioxide and water. Aerobic respiration is the release of energy from the mitochondria. This energy is needed for metabolic processes in the cell or body. Metabolism is the sum of all the reactions in a cell or body. Energy is needed to form the larger molecule glycogen from glucose, Energy is needed to form amino acids from glucose and nitrates. Proteins are synthesized by the, the organelle ribosomes. Energy is needed by the ribosome to form proteins from the smaller amino acids. Energy released by mitochondria is used to break down proteins into urea. Aerobic respiration takes place in the mitochondria of plant cells. Anaerobic respiration in yeast cells is called fermentation. It is the breakdown of glucose to form carbon dioxide and ethanol. This process is an exothermic reaction because there is a release of energy. The ethanol produced during fermentation is used in alcoholic drinks 